You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio for Monday the 9th of December 2019. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of Current Affairs. My name's Chris and on today's show... We're going to be talking to long-time um, co-pronouncer, but, you know, been a bit missing in action, doing many things. Uh, Steve, we'll try that again. Morning, I'm here. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, you're going to be talking about a little jaunt you did. Um, yeah, I've been on a bit of a ride. Bit of a ride. And what an epic ride it is. Now, I've got plenty of news and events for today. And uh, today uh, in Melbourne, the, um, if you look at whatever app you're looking at, uh, if you're listening live, it's somewhere between 37 and 38 degrees it's going to get to today. So as in all these sort of things, plan what you need to do, keep covered and drink before you feel thirsty. That's pretty much it, Steve. Yeah, get some, keep the fluids up. Yeah. Um, today on the show, we're going to be talking about Steve's um, side quest, uh, the Hunt 1000. We've had done a few shows on this over the years. It's about the third or fourth year that uh, Dan Hunt has done an interesting route for, for this uh, high country ride. And the other bit of news for today, I've done some interviews and just a warning. This is uh, some interviews I did last night from Reclaim Our Mary Creek. Now, if you're a bit, just don't feel like you're quite up to listening to this content, just um, a warning. And also about after the five minute mark, there is some language, but it is in context because it's a quote. So we'll be playing that in a few moments time and just give you enough uh, advance. If you, you know, don't feel as if you feel like you can listen to this content. Just over a week ago, a woman was assaulted on Mary Creek and... Over the last week or so, there's been a, a lot of disquiet of this is our space, this is our public space, we should f- be able to move freely through this. So the organisers of Reclaim Our Mary Creek walk uh, last night, this is Sunday, met in Mayor Park Thornbury and then we walked along the uh, road and then went along the path up to uh, Mary Creek Path along to Harding Street Bridge. And it was a beautiful evening. I reckon it was well over a thousand people. Again, so many of us use this area. It's our space. And we should feel, always feel safe and welcomed and the ability to use public space when we want and how we want. Steve? It's disappointing to come back to town and uh, see things uh, like this uh, happening or more to the point, still happening. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, last night it wasn't just you know about woman's space. There's a lot of men there, 
and children and dogs. It's all about us and the ability for our families, our friends, everyone to be able to use that uh, space on Mary Creek or whatever. Public open space for everybody to share and use. Yes. And on the thing of public space, we this is a bad seg over to... What you were doing before we head into the interviews to give people a bit of time if they need to prepare themselves or they don't want to listen, the Hunt 1000, Steve. Okay, well, Hunt 1000, uh, now annual, it, it seems right, organised by Dan Hunt, starting in Canberra, a largely off-road, um, I'll call it a mountain bike ride because although the route traverses some sealed roads and some uh, gravel roads, uh, the bits that are mountain bike are, yeah, pretty rough and uh, that's what you'd want. So it's a mountain bike ride of a thousand k's through the high country from Canberra back to Melbourne. And you'd have a fair bit to say about to observations and, uh, again, uh, the topic du jour of how dry the country is. But where you were, it was a bit wetter. Yeah, it was it was a definite divide between the um, high country, like what you would consider definitely high country and high country national park areas that uh, felt quite wet. Uh, There's plenty of water around, um, had no trouble um, finding some uh, fresh mountain creeks and streams to uh, fill up with water, which was appropriately uh, treated before drinking. Mm. But um, once you dropped in elevation, the uh, plains, uh, particularly anywhere where anybody is trying to run any type of agriculture, grazing, cropping or whatever, it all that all looked pretty dry. I'd say I wouldn't use the term desiccated because it's I think early in the season and there's and, and I don't don't have context for a lot of those places, but the the, the dryness was definitely prevalent um, lower down. Yeah, so it's uh, welcome to the Holocene. Um, <laughs> oh, look, look, we could. There's thousands of words we could say about this topic at the moment, and uh, it's just one of those things. Again, of many, many, many shows we've done over the last eleven years of trying to uh, report on stuff in terms of alternative transport plans and getting people on their bikes and living a bit lighter, and just to sum up again what you were just talking about. Um, during the week, we had the North East Link um, news of, uh, you know, that we had the EES uh, statement, all that sort of stuff come out, and the government have just gone, no, nah, we don't care what the findings are, we're going ahead with this great big mega road, which again locks in South, um, North East Melbourne to no, you know, a very poor public transport provision. There is some cycling involved, but again, it's seven, eight years. And I think oh, I have to choose my words very, very carefully here, but the northeast Melbourne is a very vulnerable part of Melbourne and it shouldn't be just all car dependent. Well, that was what the um, reports like, I can't remember which... Uh, which August Body did that Hilda report. Was that Melbourne Uni? Yeah, Hilda. Um, yeah, and the the vulnerability the uh, to um, of of households mm. in those areas and their uh, limited options when it comes to transport and their increased costs. And in this climate vulnerable society, which we are, whether some uh, mem- some levels of government wish to uh, agree, participate in remediating that long term or not. 
kind of locking people into a particularly vulnerable part of Melbourne, mm. yeah, with a big bush corridor and um, the rest of it into car dependence and or, you know, limited opportunities while this, you know, these massive works are going on, I think is pretty deficient. Yes, everyone wants a home amongst the gum trees until it uh, becomes a fire risk. Yeah, I wish I could uh, happy on a happy note. But anyway, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to play some interviews I did from Reclaim Our Mary Creek. Again, a warning on this. And after about the five-minute mark, there is some language. So uh, bear that in mind. Summertime. Summertime brings wine. Pass me my Prosecco. Out on the patio. This year's delicious Radical Radio wines are generously sponsored by Breast's Winery in the Harcourt Valley. Specially priced at only $20 a bottle and even cheaper by the dozen or half dozen. You can order via phone or online and collect it from 3CR during business hours up until noon on Tuesday the 24th of December. Perfect as a gift or to fill a raised glass to toast 3CR. Call the station during business hours on 9419 8377 to order or go to 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Breast Wines is a 3CR supporter. Why are you here? Why is it so important to show solidarity? Look, Brianna, this is, this is my home mm-hmm. as much as it is the electorate that I represent. And the women, the, the women speakers were right. You know, the attacks in northern metropolitan and in the northern suburbs exceed almost every other area. And we have to stand in solidarity. We have to stand and say enough is enough. We have to send the message that we will be vigilant, but we expect our community to be vigilant and we expect men to stop raping women. Absolutely. Those women in um, the speeches, they were saying that more needs to be done. Do you think more action can be taken? What would you propose? What we need to do is prevent this from happening. We need to prevent violence because that, the life of that woman has been changed forever. She will always be afraid. She will always have a level of distrust. And we are all infected by that. So this is the time that this has to change, that we have to say we don't accept this. But this is not about um, making women safe by more lighting, by doing this. This is about saying, men, just stop doing it. And men, if you see one of your colleagues acting like an idiot, call it out. Bring people back to start thinking about their actions, thinking about their words, thinking about how they behave. And with that, we can create greater equity and we can stop this violence. Anything else you want to add? Um, I've just been handed an article about a woman who was raped in the same spot 30 years ago. So what have we done in the last 30 years? We thought we had moved. But it seems we haven't, and we have so much more to do. I, I found it 
horrifying because of the, the terrible event and the trauma to the woman, but also the ripple effect for all of the women I know who use this corridor and who ride bikes and who walk and who wheel their babies in prams um, along Mary Creek all the time. And I have two daughter, two teenage daughters, and if they had said to me, I want to go down to the creek and ride along or walk along at 6pm at night, I'd say, wonderful. You know, and I love living close to the creek and I love using the path and using all of the sort of things that I can access through riding. And it's horrifying and it undermines my sense of safety and my sense of the way I want to live my life to have that in the back of my mind. Look, I, I was glad that, that during the week the things I'd read and that Tim Reid and someone else, I can't recall the name, sort of said, you know, let's not leap to knee-jerk reactions. And I don't think that CCTV and lighting is necessarily the way to go. There are some bits of paths that perhaps, you know, you can consider lighting better, but I don't think we want to make this a sort of super highway of lighting myself. <laughs> Look, I mean, I think like violence and intimidation and misogyny and all of that that women face, the problem is much more fundamental and starts much earlier than the attack on someone. And it's really easy to kind of knee-jerk law and order reaction when, in fact, it's about creating a different society to begin with. So I think that... We see the effects of some of those um, attitudes against women and in terms of dealing with it, we need to both take targeted steps to deal with that end outcome or, or those events, but we also need to start much earlier. I ride my bike along the Mary Creek and the Darabin Creek trails every day on my way to work. And without wanting to take anything away from the horrible assault that happened on this particular woman, I think it's really important to acknowledge that there are microaggressions that happen on bike trails all the time. And two happened to me in the two days after this attack happened. One day, a dude hung his head out of the car and just shouted random abuse at me. And then the very following day, a dude was coming down the path on the bike trail passed me so unexpectedly, so close, I could smell his sweat, so fast I had to, nearly fell off and had to right myself. And then I called to him, hey, just say passing. And he turned and he shouted back at me, get fucked you dickhead. And it's, it really does affect your sense of safety and well-being. And I think it's really important to recognize that Men who think that they are good men and who would never perpetrate an actual assault can be part of a culture of toxic masculinity that has to change from the ground up and it has to change in every part of our lives from boardrooms to bedrooms and it also has to happen on bike trails. Shut up and smile.
series of interviews I did last night at the Reclaim Our Mary Creek walk. First up, you heard Fiona Patton, MLC for Northern Metro. Thank you to people who agreed to be interviewed. And at the end there, you heard Expressive Women's Choir, a song called Quiet. And I will link in the podcast. There's a YouTube video for the lyrics for that on that. Okay. After the break, we're going to talk about some news and events. 3CR's having a festive season craft auction fundraiser. 
Join us on Thursday, the 12th of December for Radio Craft at 15 Smith Street, Fitzroy, right next door to the station. Doors open at 5.30pm to have a look at the works, enjoy a drink at our donation bar, music and snacks. Live auction starts at 7pm. We're still seeking donations of craft in any of its wonderful forms, so if you'd like to make a donation, you can drop it off at 3CR any weekday between 9am and 5pm or email radiocraft3cr at gmail.com for more information. And you're back listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. We talk a little bit more about the Hunt One Thousand, Steve. Yeah, well, it's it's not the um, certainly not the easiest way to ride from Melbourne to Canberra, should that be your transport uh, choice. But it traverses some very very spectacular country, uh, the Jungle, so Jungle Wilderness or uh, Mount Kosciuszko National Park, uh, even the high. Alpine terrain between Canberra and Adamitibi on the first day struck me as being really, really special. Then through not too, uh, not too shortly thereafter, you're, um, you're, you're approaching the, the border of New South Wales and Victoria at the Murray River, so dropping across the Murray near uh, Tom Grogan um, on the Alpine Way, if anyone's ever driven through there. Oh, an interesting thing about Tom Grogan. People may think that's an Anglo name. It's not. It's a uh, some misheard the, the the local indigenous language word for water spider. Ah. So it's Tom Grogan. Or, or forgive my. Yeah, yeah. There's no such person ever as Tom Grogan. Okay, so it it's the water spider, which yes. I didn't see any. Um, one of the one of the features of the ride is that you need to cross these rivers, and being the vehicle of choice is bicycle or foot. You'll know when there's another river crossing come up because your shoes and socks have almost dried, okay, uh, and you so get to a... wade across wade across the ford at uh, Tom Grogan and um, carry your or uh, wheel your bike through. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's very very spectacular alpine country. Some very rough tracks that have been made rougher by the tra- traverse of four wheel drive vehicles. There's a l- opportunity to see some wildlife. There was some, uh, I saw plenty of evidence, but only saw two Brumbies. Mm. Uh, depending on which side of the border you're on, they're either uh, Australia's iconic historic uh, horse or uh, feral animal. <laughs> yeah, I won't go too much into that. But uh, interesting that with bike packing, there's a couple of different entry points into this. And a lot of people like buy the kit and they get themselves uh, familiar with what they need to do for the support of bike packing. You took a different direction, which was you made a lot of your pack, yeah. which is, I say, a more economic and equitable solution to spending quite a few bucks on bike gear. You actually sat down and made it. Watched you for weeks making this stuff. Yeah, so that's been <laughs> uh, a lot of the gear was made and tested over the last few years and a bit of a hurried finish to finish off some of it but you can certainly spend a you know buy a suitable bike to ride this sort of terrain and then spend the same again on uh, on bags and kit uh, particularly all the nice lightweight lightweight kit you, you soon discover the reason for trying to keep things as light as possible when you're pushing your bike for four hours up a hill so yeah I, I did make um, a lot of the luggage 
that I use, a seat pack, a frame bag and a handlebar roll and also my uh, inner shelter and a net tent to go underneath my tarp. So the possibilities of of doing things economically are there. I did ride a bike that was 15 years old, although it's been modified greatly. Uh, And also the machine, the sewing machine you used, is over 50. Yes. So we're not talking high-end technical stuff here. We're talking application of knowledge. Mum's hand-me-down sewing machine. Yeah, so Um, here we go. So, yes. I reckon that was, you know, I, I was just... Sat a Friday night in Embra Gardens is, you know, this is where, you know, the um, Hunt 1000 is ending at the uh, Rotunda. So you see people standing around doing happy smiles and stuff there. You know what it's about. But just seeing you rock up after almost two weeks, I'm going, I hope he's had a great time, but, geez, I'm glad he's home. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, it, I think um, I, was, I was quite happy to finish feeling strong. I think you'll, you might finish in one of a couple of states. Um, you might crawl in on your elbows or you might finish feeling feeling actually better than yeah so if people want to find out more i uh, find out more you the if you google or use your search engine to find look up the hunt 1000 um the social medias at the moment are, are littered with everybody's photos so go to insta of, and look up hunt 1000 hashtag in, yeah insta and facey and, and, and dan yeah. hunt's website yes great okay of news and events. Now, over the last year or so, we've covered news to do with the Glen Ira Safe Cycling uh, Bike Corridor. Now, um, if you look at the Glen Ira Bicycle User Group page, they've got good dates leading up to the decision. Now, on Thursday, 12th of December, 8am to 9am, there's going to be a, a thumbs-up pop-up secret location to be revealed on Wednesday p.m. And they need as many people as possible to bring the message home for supporting safe bike paths for Glen Ira. So on Thursday 12th of December the council will release officers report and recommendations and Thursday 17th of December council meeting to decide the officers report. Once again to look we'll look forward to people showing up with signs 6pm meet outside the town hall to give out flies and that is in Glen Ira. Now also Angry Butcher Drought Relief. They've got a GoFundMe happening at the moment. Bruce from the Angry Butcher Bike Shop in Sunbury. As you know if fast approaching the festive season for 2019. This year we're going to commit to a fundraising campaign through December for the drought affected areas throughout Australia and more specifically southwest Queensland and northwest New South Wales. And uh, Bruce saw firsthand the effect it has on families and community as last week he had travelled up there to um, meet some rallies in the affected area. So I'll put the details up for that. Uh, If you go to Angry Butcher on either Facebook or their website that should have the details to that go for that fundraiser. I think that's all we've got time for today. Uh, thank you to uh, Fiona Patton and those who agreed to be interviewed at the Claim Our Mary Creek walk last night. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. And up next, we should have Shebop. And uh, after them, Black. Bicycle and ride Neath the
the sunny skies or along the ocean side. 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop in to the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. Yeah, get on that bicycle and ride Neath the sunny skies or along the ocean side You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.